Welcome to the podcast of Revival Life Church, a spirit-filled multicultural church in Boca Raton, Florida. If you would like more information about Revival Life Church or Pastor Carl Thomas, find us on the web at revivallifechurch.org. How you doing? You feeling good? All right. Adjust my volume back there if you would, guys, so I don't have to shout down people the entire time. Uh, it's been good, <clears throat> about gooder, right? Been about gooder. I don't actually need my phone. I'm not expecting any calls. I guess I can put that right there. Hallelujah. Hey, let's do this. Um, as, I get in, as I get in the Word, let's just focus on Holy Spirit here for a moment, shall we? Just welcome Him right now. I mean, He's here already, but welcome Him in your life, all right? Come on. No, do it right now. Actually do that. Don't think it. Actually do it. Ha. Ah. And um, if what Holy Spirit is doing, um, let me just say this. Let him continue to minister while I minister the word. Amen. Because I heard heard Holy Spirit on what to talk about. And uh, I'm believing that as I'm talking, he's going to be doing something. Don't stop what he's doing to listen to what I'm talking about to make him do something. Does that make sense? All right, I'm just going to keep talking until you guys give me some feedback here. Does that make sense? Like, don't, don't stop what he's doing so you can hear me say something so he can do something. Amen? So you know Randy Clark's here up the street today. Did you know that? He's up the street. And so you guys are the ones who really love the anointing. I'll just keep telling jokes. You guys will, you guys will laugh, and we'll have a good time here eventually. If you've got a Bible, you can turn to Acts chapter 2. And uh, try to make me sound good, Brandon, if you would. Just try to make me sound good. Gooder. About gooder. All right? Hallelujah. We had some really neat testimonies from last night. Who was here last night? Wow. You know, yeah, amen. We're, yes, last night. Mm. It was good. It was really good. You know, we had uh, kids come in here and no one prayed for them. They had visions of Jesus. A vision of heaven and Jesus was holding them. And that's probably good, right? That's probably good, Kelly. Hey, who liked that song, I Am a Vessel, that we were singing? Is it, what's the name of that song? What's the name of that song, anyway? I am, it is, it is. I just, I just, I just name songs. I don't know what they are. I just say this is what it should be called. Kellyanne actually wrote that song. Yeah. And uh, that song we sang earlier, Sons and Fathers, if, if that's not the name of it, it should be. Whatever. Corey wrote that one. No, we can applaud to that too. Corey wrote that other one. And uh, two of the songs we sang last night were uh, written here as well. I've been working with some people on their songwriting, so <clears throat> we're starting to see some fruit from that. Not really. Um, <clears throat> hallelujah. I um, ha. I want to um. <clears throat> I have a you know I, I don't have a lot of bullets in my chamber, right? But I really like the one that God gave me, right? So I use it. And if God uses me for anything, use me to activate people in gifts. So if there's any call in my life, God uses me to activate people in gifts uh, and to really uh, open visions so they could see what God has, has for them in the future. And um, I, it's a passion of mine, and um, I started off a ministry with it, but I quickly found out that if you have a bunch of people with great vision um, and nothing else, they rarely get to the vision because they have no idea how to get there. And so more, than, more often than not, you, you create frustrated people, Right? And, uh, and in the church, gosh, I, um, God is purifying my heart. Can I just be honest with you? God is purifying my heart because I get bitter that people have found a way to make a lot of money on other people's dreams 
And a lot of people want to be apostles and prophets and travel the world and be the, the, the star speaker. And uh, most star speakers know most people will never be a star speaker. But that, it doesn't make money to tell people that. Right? And so they, they, they have all kind of potions and elixirs and magic uh, prayers um, that they're willing to sell you um, so that you think that'll, that'll happen. And um, I'm just going to start with the truth. That's probably not going to happen. Right? But you will be far more amazing at what you were called to do. You will be far more amazing. And I've met most of the who's who of, of the Christian charismatic zoo. I've, I've met most of them. And uh, the least exciting are usually the most amazing. Right? Like, like uh, just the people who brag the least are generally the only ones that are really amazing. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, like I said, I've met, a, I've met a lot of the big people. And um, just a lot of people are weird and um, have figured out how to, how to work this thing. Is, is this wrong? Am I, do you think I'm being too skeptical? Just give me feedback. If you, my wife normally gives me feedback. But um, so <clears throat> um, the, the miracles that, we, that, that I personally have seen in uh, Josh and Olivia's life, um, they should be, according to um, the charismatic pay scale, millionaires, um, because most of the people talking about their miracles don't actually do nearly the amount of miracles that are happening in his ministry. But they're actually not focused on money. Um, and God doesn't mind money, but sometimes he tells you, do you want money or me? And most people fail that test. If you pass that test, you get both normally. If you don't pass that test, you really get neither. And so you just have to work out a business plan in the church, right? And so there's, a, um, there's an amazing business plan out there. The church is really good these days at raising up religious entrepreneurs that masquerade as, as, as pastors. Um, and we celebrate the entrepreneurial spirit um, above the spirit of Christ even. And just the humble servant this day is just not as celebrated. Does this make sense? This is, I know this is skeptical, but it's Saturday night, right? Randy Clark's up the road, who I find amazing, but you're here. So I'm just going to tell you what I think, all right? I have just found being honest is just more freeing than, than faking it, right? And so um, it's really my heart that you function in the real like, I, I don't know if you've ever had a real convert that you've won. Not just someone that you brought to church, which is amazing. If you can get someone who doesn't go to church and get them to come to church, you've done more than 80% of the church, right? Like, just one of those, you've done more. But if you actually win somebody and they get converted, like really, really, really converted, like re I'm in like real deal Holyfield, converted, and then all of a sudden, you know, they get married or maybe they're married now. Now all of a sudden you've got a Christian family that you've influenced who have, you know, people they work with. I met a guy today. I was at my son's um, cross-country um, uh, time trial. And I sat across from a guy and he goes, uh, well, you know, what do you do for a living? And that's always kind of a, I'm just going to be honest, for me, that's like a how much do I want to talk and how awkward do I want it to get question, right? So like if I don't want it to get awkward and I don't really feel like talking, I just say, you know, I lead a nonprofit. Like that's just what I say. I lead a nonprofit, right? Because it's true. I'm not lying at all. That's what I do. I do it all the time, right? And, uh, and, and other times I'll be like, you know, I'll just give one aspect of my ministry. And so I'm just sitting across this guy. He goes, hey, first thing he says to me, what do you do for a living? I said, I lead a church. He goes, oh, um, you'd really like a guy that I work with. This is what he says to me. You'd really like a guy that, you know, because he must be Christian, so we're going to be best friends, right? Little does he know, most of the church doesn't like each other, right? <laughs> um, you know what I realized this morning? I'm just talking right now, Josh. I hope that's all right. I've just noticed that, um, a, you know, the, the liberal church 
and the super conservative church, they're identical. They just agree on different people to hate. And so, but, but here, back to my point, this guy says, you know, you, you would like this guy that I work with. And, and so that got me to thinking, here's a guy who's a believer in front of unbelievers and they know he's the Christian. Somebody won that guy to the Lord. Right? Somebody won him to the Lord. It could be a pastor, could have been a neighbor, could have been his parents, but somebody won him to the Lord. And now the people in his workplace know he's the Christian. And I promise you, in, a, in, a, in, in the dark night of the soul, when he's questioning faith, questioning God, they're going to go to him. Right? And so if you can get a person, one person like that in your life that you've truly converted, who becomes a light for Christ, you've altered the history of some people. Does that make sense? Like there's a whole people coming after him and a whole surrounding that have been shifted. And instead of, um, you know, marketing how to get on stage and how to be the next YouTube queen um, of revival, you know, like, like if we can just win some souls and convert a couple people, we change the world. Does that make sense? Right? And so, um, yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's good. I think it's pretty good. I think it's pretty good. And um, so when we moved in this place, we're like, wow, it's kind of small. And we're like, this is the only thing God brought us. It's going to have to work, you know? Like, we're not, we don't, we're not here to impress anybody. We want to see people encounter the presence and power of God. And so <clears throat> I want tonight, I want to, um, I, I, I'm, you're going to leave here with something. And I believe God's going to activate some people tonight, like for real, for real. Now, are you going to travel the world um, with, you know, TMZ following you because you got the signs and wonders? I don't know. But I do know you're going to walk out of here with something if you want something. Amen. So um, I'm, I'm basically, I have, I have two groups I'm talking to tonight. Uh, I want to talk to those who want more, and I hope that's everybody in the room. And I want to talk to those who've been faithful where God has planted you. And I hope that's everybody in the room. Let me also say this. Uh, in this church, we love children, and they're on the other side of this wall, right? And we could tell them to be quiet, but we'd rather them just enjoy Jesus. So if you hear them, don't laugh and distract them. We're, we're the adults, so we can ignore them. Right? We don't want them to have to be quiet for us. Are we good? Are we good? Okay. So uh, Acts chapter 2, if you've got your Bible, if not, we're going to have it right up here, hopefully. Uh, Acts chapter 2, starting at verse 40. Uh, you all know this scripture because you're in this meeting. Uh, and <clears throat> the Bible says, And with many other words, he solemnly testified and kept on exhorting them, saying, talking about Peter, Be saved from this perverse generation. So then those who had received his word... Whoa, were baptized. In mm. that day, oh, excuse me. In huh. that day, there were added about 3,000 souls. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to breaking bread and to prayer. I want to read verse 42 one more time. They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. You know, we have a heart in this house. Um, we're not really trying to build anything other than a place of presence that others can come in and dwell. That's our goal. We want to create a place of presence that other people can come in and dwell. And it's our heart to connect people with the presence and power of God. That is our prayer all the time in this house. So we connect people to the presence and power of God. And as we look through the book of Acts, we can see like a, how, how to do this successfully. Does that make sense? Because I want to bear much fruit. Right? I believe Jesus wants us to bear fruit. He wants us to be fruitful. Uh, many people um, value faithfulness over everything, and that is good uh, to be faithful, but ultimately our faithfulness should produce fruitfulness. Yeah. Amen? Faithfulness without fruitfulness is, might be faithful to the wrong thing, 
we should be bearing much fruit and fruit that remains. And so it's our heart to be fruitful. And, and as we look in the, in the, in the book of Acts, um, we find Philip the evangelist. Now, if you remember, he was one of the original group of deacons, right? Now, not only was he a deacon, which means servant, right? He was a servant in the house. Not only was he a deacon, we also find out later that he was an evangelist. Hallelujah, Janet. It's just, it's just on it, on you. You just might want to just, you might just want to stay there. It's so bizarre, Janet, because I just see, if this is weird, just act like I'm not talking. I just see an angel standing on your chest waiting for you to just like make the final decision. And I don't know what that means. That's between you and God, obviously. But there's a persistent in the back of your head. Don't you hate that? You know what you're supposed to do, but you're not really sure you want to. Have y'all been around long enough to experience that or are y'all just still new and on fire and haven't had hard choices yet, right? When I got saved, it was easy to give everything to Jesus. I didn't have nothing but junk. You can have all that, right? I want everything. You can have it, man. It didn't do me any good, right? Right? Then I was saved and I had some good stuff. And he's like, I want everything. I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to get this again. I don't know. I'm not sure. Like, when I had a broke down apartment that the air didn't work that well, have it all. But now I own a house. I like my house. You know, and they say, well, you give everything to Jesus. I'm like, oh, I got a pool, <laughs> got a mango tree, <laughs> right? Right, I have more than one pair of shoes these days, you know, I want everything. I'm like, and then you're like, I'm not sure I'm going to get all that stuff back, right? I'm, so it's, I have like a little hesitancy. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Is it just me? Are you also spiritual? You just give it every time in every offering. You know, like when you stop bringing cash to church. Is it just me? You're just like, uh, you see cash on the dresser? You're like, I just leave that at home. Huh? I'm going to need that money. I don't want to bring that to church. <laughs> right? Right? That's the saying. I know what God is going to tell me to do, but I'm not sure I want to do it. Right? Like, I know, I know. And so you answer things like, yeah, I'll lead a nonprofit. Right? Like, this is what you do when you're like, I know where this is probably going to go, and I just want to take a nap on the plane. Right? Like, I'm just, I'm just going to be honest with you. And so we find Philip, who was a deacon, and he was an evangelist, and I don't know if you've met many evangelists, but very few of them want to be deacons. Right? They don't actually want to be deacons. They actually want to be evangelizing on the platform. They don't mind building the platform. They'd even bring the pulpit. They'd like to stand behind it, though. Right? Like that's, and that's part of the call. But Philip was one of these guys who were um, actually... He was, he was a deacon, but he was an evangelist. And we see him, his kind of his call unfold in the scriptures. And uh, I just want you to hang on because I got this word on like uh, Thursday, right? And so I have like a whole message series that I'm going to give you in probably the next 20 minutes, 25 minutes. And so you might just, you know, write down notes and just pray in tongues. I don't know. So um, <clears throat> Philip was an evangelist. And, and as I talked about last night, evangelists like fish stories, right? They want the big fish. And they wouldn't mind catching the biggest fish, but if not, they'll just tell you they caught the biggest fish because their heart is really to inspire others to fish, right? Like they just want to inspire others to fish. And so normally a lot of the evangelist stories are somewhat exaggerated because in their heart it's amazing. And so they share it because they don't think what actually happened was amazing enough. So they embellish it, right? Like anytime God talks to you as a miracle, like that's enough. He doesn't actually need to grow a leg out of nowhere, just the fact that someone encountered God at all is a miracle, right? But we don't always feel it's enough. And so, you know, when we want to fulfill our call, we have this challenge. And we meet people, and people become resources instead of people. 
And um, <clears throat> Philip uh, met this guy uh, who had a following. And uh, Philip, like many people, wanted a shortcut to the penthouse and he wanted to make this guy's followers into his followers. Right? He met this guy who was a sorcerer. And I would think just witnessing to a sorcerer to most people would be a win. Right? Just the fact that you could witness to him right, would be a win. Uh, but he actually, you know, he, he won him to the Lord. You know, like this, this guy... Uh, wanted to uh, have all the power and signs and wonders that Philip was displaying. And, um, and, and so he kind of he won him to the Lord. And, and, and that, this was like his big fish, right? I have a sorcerer who is now in my church. I know guys who would put that on their business card, right? I saw a guy one time. This is a true story that I probably shouldn't tell. I was at a conference one time. I'm going to tell it anyways, honey. The live feed's not working anyways, right? Oh, it's working? I'm going to tell it anyways. I was at a conference one time, and uh, it was a Heidi Baker conference. It was a very, very, very large conference. And uh, I'm on the front row, and there was a, what's now a very famous evangelist was there with his daughter who was 14 at the time. And Heidi Baker wanted to, was friends with this guy, prayed for him, and the guy's 14-year-old daughter was there. And and you know, she was on the ground next to this other guy who really wanted to be a world-famous uh, revivalist. And, uh, <clears throat> and as Heidi was praying for this 14-year-old girl, this guy was on the ground next to her, he kept trying to push her out of the way to get Heidi to pray for him. Like, like if he could steal her blessing, he would become something. I don't even know. It, it just, it's like I get hunger, but that's a little weird, right? It's just a little weird. My daughter's 15. I probably would have come with a kung fu grip, right? And I would have, I would have, I would have handled things differently if somebody's pushing my daughter out of the way. And and so I took a picture of it because it was just so bizarre. I just, I just, I just took a picture of it. And later I saw this guy and I said, "Hey, I got this picture of Heidi Baker praying next to you." He said, "Can you email it to me when I get a newsletter? I'll put it on the front." I was like, "What have we done in charismatic Christianity that someone would think that's something that Heidi Baker is praying for me?" And that means what? Does this sound weird? I've done th similar things in the past. So I thought it would bear fruit, and we called it hunger. And it's just weird. Right? We think there's a shortcut to the penthouse. Right? We think there's some sort of shortcut. If I can get the right person in the penthouse to say my name, I get to move into the penthouse as if that's a goal in Christianity to begin with. Right? God is anointing people in this day and hour. But He's not anointing with weird. He just really doesn't need weird. I mean, sometimes we celebrate weird because these people are fearless, but they're fearlessly weird, right? Does that make sense? And so he had this, he had this prize convert. You, you, you know he had him on the front row of his meetings. You know he would name drop. Yeah, I'm just going to be over at, uh, you know, at, 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 at Melchizedek's house. You know, we're having a fellowship. And uh, you know Simon's going to be there. <clears throat> Simon, isn't he a source? Oh, I want him to the Lord, actually. One of my disciples, yeah, come see how he, you know, we burned his stuff. You hear that? Every time somebody wins something, oh, we burned all his stuff. Yeah, you know you didn't, right? But whatever. And so Peter and John show up, right? It's, just, it's a neat little story. Peter and John show up who actually are apostles. And they looked at things, they looked at things a little bit differently than Philip did because these are real apostles. Spent time with Jesus, right? We're there at the outpouring. We're rebuked. Like, like, this, like the, the self-centeredness has been rebuked out of them. A good deal. Are you following me? Is this, is this an okay story? So, he, uh, so this guy um, says, okay, 
this guy wasn't able to give me all his gifts. Now I got the, the head honcho has come to anoint me. Simon, right? Simon the sorcerer who wanted to do the signs and wonders like, like Philip. And so he says, hey, I'll give you money if I can do what you do, right? Which in today's conferences, um, anyway, so <clears throat> I'm going to advertise it now. Buy tickets to the double portion anointing service, right? Here's what Peter said about it. Let's go to Acts chapter 8, verse 20. May your silver perish with you. Wow. Let me change the emphasis on this sentence. May your silver perish with you. That's not what I want Peter telling me. And you remember the people who held back the offering? Anybody remember Ananias and Sapphira? That's, these, are, these, are, these are funny words of Peter, right? Like he, May your, may your silver perish with you because you thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. Verse 21. You have no part or portion in this matter for your heart is not right before God. Now this is Philip's prized convert. He could not wait until the apostles came and saw the, the magician that he won. This was the big guy validating his ministry. Look, I'm in the penthouse. I'm winning even witches now. Hallelujah, sign up for my email newsletter. You're going to get, I mean, come, see me preach. And Philip's telling this guy he's going to go to hell with his money. I can imagine the embarrassment on Philip. You, you, I mean, right, you, you, you just can imagine. He's like, real apostles will show up and tell you, hey, everything you're building right now, it's um, neat, but it's going to be consumed in the fire. I don't know if you understand, everything you're building right now, none of it will last the fire. That's what real apostles do. That's what real prophets do. Real apostles and prophets come and they bring real truth because they preach the apostles' doctrine. They didn't preach weird. They don't preach the penthouse. They don't, they don't even preach, hear me, signs and wonders. They preach Jesus Christ and signs and wonders happen. Does this make sense? I want you to operate in the real. That's all I'm really looking for here. right? Whoever you follow, follow them. I don't really care. I'm just saying I want you to operate in the real. And so we want to build a house of His presence that other people can come in and dwell Right? If we're looking to build a house that other people can come in and dwell, it's going to be different than looking for a house that we can stand on the penthouse. Right? You hear what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's a different mindset if I'm looking to build a house that other people can, can dwell in. And Peter discerned this. I'm, and I'm going somewhat outside of the Scriptures here. I'm looking at my view of what happened here. But we know that Peter came in and rebuked him. Peter, Peter came in. Preaching the apostles' doctrine. Let's, let's go on with our verse. Verse 22, the next verse in Acts chapter 8. You can go home and read this, of course. Acts 8.22, he says, Therefore, saying to the prized convert, Repent. Repent of this wickedness of yours and pray the Lord that, if possible, the intention of your heart may be forgiven of you. Now when Peter starts saying he's not sure if you're going to get forgiven, that's not, a good, that's not a good thing. These are scary words, No. I'm saying it kind of funny, but this is these are, if possible, verse 23, for I see that you are in the gall of bitterness and in the bondage of iniquity. Now that's, that's pretty scary, right? But here, I'm going to show you this. I'm going to show you the, the foundation of the problem right here. I'm going to show you. Watch this. Watch this. Simon still didn't get it. Look at this, verse 24. But Simon answered and said, pray to the Lord for me yourselves so that nothing of what you have said may come to pass. Now watch this. In him believing, in him believing, he never connected to Jesus. He never had a direct connection 
to Jesus. Now, we know Philip was an amazing evangelist, signs, wonders. People believed in his signs. But the man still had no relation to Jesus. He said, hey, listen, you got to repent. Okay, uh, pray for me, because clearly you know him. I don't. And in our signs and wonders ministry, there's so many, and, and I say this lightly because I, anybody who, who, who declares Christ is my brother, anybody who's out there preaching the gospel, we're on the same team. The only enemy we have is the enemy, right? We're not an enemy with any church. I'm not, I, don't, I don't hate the Catholics, the Lutherans, the Baptists, the us. You know, I like all of us. We're all on the same team. But if we're not connecting people to Jesus Christ, we're not actually doing anything that will last eternity. Let me say it again. If we're not connecting people to Jesus Christ, we're not doing anything that will last for eternity. I'd rather people, like the Scriptures say, be sick and go to heaven than be healed and go to hell. Right? Because, I say this lightly, but every healing that we do for people is still temporary because they're going to die. Right? They're going to die. We're all going to die. I don't know if you know this, but your clock is counting down. Right? Right? Your clock is counting down, and we're all going to die. And I have pains in my body that I want to go away, but I want to go to heaven. And on the priority of the people we meet, them going to heaven is more important than... Now, God will heal as a sign of salvation, right? We know this, yeah? Yeah? I believe this, and we release the kingdom so that people can know that Jesus is alive. But it can't be instead of. There isn't another gospel. Right? Sozo, healing, salvation, deliverance, but the king is salvation, Amen? Amen? The pride of wanting to be above other people keeps people from the real power. We come to Christ broken, broken people, with Egypt on our feet, like Josh talked about last night. And we bring this Egypt with us, our mentality, our heart, and and, and we didn't measure up away from Christ, then we get saved, and we see a new system that we can be on top. And so we see the people with the signs and wonders, or maybe, maybe you're a singer, and you see Hillsong, or you see Bethel, and you even see uh, other, you know, Elevation, traveling the world, and you're like, well, that's, uh, you know, I'm never going to be Drake, so maybe I'll be Joel Houston. Right? And it doesn't go through the, the filter of, of purity. And all of a sudden, this is a new ladder to climb. Right? And so we go to conferences, and, and some people maybe know this, maybe don't, will allow you to continue coming to conferences, tickling your, your, your mind with that. And, 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 and there is no shortcut. Peter, Peter preached the gospel. He, he, he preached the gospel on the day of Pentecost. He didn't stand up and, and start saying, hey, I walk with Jesus, and if you follow me, I'll tell you all about it. He preached the gospel. This is the apostles' doctrine. Let's go back to Acts chapter 2, verse 40 one more time. He says, And with many other words, he solemnly testified and kept on exhorting them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Verse 41. So then those who had received his word were baptized, and that day there were added about 3,000 souls. He didn't, he didn't get up there and sit down. They can keep calling. They'll get the voicemail. It'll be great. The phone's ringing. And we never have Saturday night services, right? Are you guys okay with this? Are we good? Let me start again. Verse 41. So then those who had received his words were baptized, and that day were added about 3,000 souls. Listen. Hallelujah. Listen. Jesus Christ, the gospel, converts people. 
The gospel converts. And when you preach the gospel, signs and wonders will follow. You don't have to learn magic tricks of healing and, 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 and signs and wonders. You don't have to learn, you don't have to learn techniques. You don't, you don't have to learn books about going places in the third heavens. You don't have to do that. You preach the gospel, the Holy Spirit does it on His own. There's a neat phenomena in the Bible that uh, Jesus said, hey, I tell you what, you love people and uh, I'll, I'll, I'll convict them of sin and I'll convert them. You preach the gospel and I will heal them. I mean, there's a neat thing that Holy Spirit actually said He would do stuff. We don't have to be Him. We're to preach the gospel. We're to love people. He'll actually come and convict them of sin and then when they actually connect to Jesus, He'll actually wash them clean. And then He will come and, and, and do signs and wonders through you. Are you hearing me? Does this make sense? This is kind of simple, I know, but, but this, is, this is what He did. And then in verse 42, He says, they were continually, say continually, continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. They I mean, they the first church committed themselves to this. They didn't, they didn't, it's like, like we go to whole conferences where they teach you prayer models, and I'm, we teach prayer models. I have nothing against prayer models. But it's no substitute for preaching the gospel and watching Jesus do stuff. Because we're actually called to do more than we can do. You know, and, and, and we are naturally spiritual. Right? You, everybody has a soul and a spirit whether they activate it or not, right? Right? There's people who don't know Jesus from anybody can walk in a room and read the room's emotions, right? That's, that's soulish. That's in the realm of the soul. It's neither holy nor is it wicked. It's just soulish. You know, it needs to be sanctified, but, it, but it's soulish. And people who can read these things have a natural connection to the spirit realm. And that doesn't mean it's the devil or it's Jesus. It just means that they're human because we're three-part beings. And so after we get saved, we teach people all kind of spiritual stuff because we don't actually connect them to Jesus who will just lead them into the stuff. Does that make sense? You connect people to Jesus. He, he disciples His people very well in spiritual matters. He is just an amazing spirit guide I have found. I have found Jesus Christ is an amazing spirit guide. And as much as the online courses are great, I don't, I'm not this negative. I'm, I'm not this bitter. I'm really not against it. And one day I'm probably going to have online courses because that's how Jesus works with me. I mock something and then he says, why don't you do that? I'm like, yeah, I'm an idiot, right? Shouldn't have said that. <laughs> that's, just, that's just how it works in my life. But, <clears throat> but the apostles' doctrine is not complex. It's not complex. It's not, right? It's, it's not complex. They, they preach very simple things, and it's actually there in the Bible. You can read it yourself. They talked about Jesus. And then they did spiritual stuff. They talk about Jesus. It, it, it's, it's not complex. And, and, and um, oh, I'm doing good. This is awesome. I'm going to talk a little bit more. The worship team's going to come up, and people are going to start getting blasted. That, that's, that's, just wanted to let you know what's going to happen, charting our way forward. All right? You could get blasted now if you want, because it's here. Here, here's, what I, here, here, here's what I want to challenge you to do. I, I want you to like actually get along with Jesus until you get a message and then preach your revelation of Him. It's just not that complicated. Read your Bible until He talks and then tell people what He said. That's going to be way more anointed than, 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 the, than the, the, the online discipleship $50 Facebook group discipleship course you get signed up for. Read your Bible till Jesus talks and then tell people what he said. And watch him back. This is not complicated. Am I right? Not complicated. Read your Bible till he talks and tell people what he said. I know that's not. I, see, I need to make that more complicated so I could sell it as a set. I'm throwing out free revel. You can do that. You can make money on this right here. Let me help you out here. Don't try to be clever. 
Don't try to be clever. Don't try to be cute. Get a revelation of Christ and tell people about it. My, uh, my, my, my wife's grandmother used to always say, don't try to be a big shot. Don't try to be a big shot. Right? Don't try to be a big shot. In the church, so many people are trying to be a big shot. That's pride. It's just an, another form of pride. Like how many prophets do we actually need? We all should be prophetic. I can't imagine. It's, it's amazing that Jesus is producing so many apostles these days. I mean, it's just, you can't throw a rock in a church without having eight, you know? It's amazing. I haven't planted any churches, but, but they're all apostles. It's just, it's, it's amazing. I met Josh, and uh, Josh is telling me about all the work that he did and all the things that he planted through Mexico and countries I'm not allowed to tell you about and through Africa and all that. And he says, so how many churches have you planted? I'm like, oh, two. <laughs> One failed. <laughs> I know you did. <laughs> One ended in scandal. <laughs> I left before it did. Praise Jesus. You know, you, know, you hear because you're called to be a revivalist. And, 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 and building your revival ministry, it, it's not a one-day deal. It's, it's not a one-day deal. It, it takes time, and you can't check out of the process. Does this make sense? I hope this is helping somebody. I hope it's clicking. Now, I'm, all, I'm leading up to something here, right? So I want you to stay engaged. Building a revival ministry is not a one-day deal. It takes time. Now, the, with, with Philip, it, it, it took some time. Now, you remember, he, he blew it with Simon. Can we be honest? He blew it. Has anybody blown it in ministry? Like you had a season of ministry and you just blew it. You blew it. That season didn't go well. Yeah? Is it only me? Because I've had seasons where I'm like, that didn't go well. Try to start a revival there, and they don't even invite me back now, right? Like, that's wasn't the worldwide revival we thought that was going to be. Right? He blew it. But God, amen, you, you never fail a test. You just keep taking it till you pass, right? He's so good. And so he got another shot with this Ethiopian dude. You remember this? Remember? He's with an Ethiopian guy. Like, he built this church, and like he didn't even get to stay and pastor this thing. God's like, no. Angel came and said, no, it's time, time for you to go, right? It's just, just time for you to go, like, we're going to do something with someone else, right? It's just it's time for you to go. And so he meets up with this Ethiopian. And if you read the story with the Ethiopian, it's very different than with Simon. He starts going through the Scriptures with him. He walks him through the Scriptures. He, he, he makes sure, check this out, in uh, 826, the Lord spoke to Philip saying, get up, go south on the road, right? From Jerusalem to Gaza, right? He says, get up and go there. And and, and, and if you remember, Philip, he, he had in many people's eyes a successful ministry, right? But the Lord sent him to the desert road, the Bible says. Josh talked about the desert last night. He sent him to the desert road. <clears throat> many of you, you had a successful thing happening earlier in your walk and then it like died, right? And you're like, what happened? Is anybody else like, what happened? I'm here to let you know it was a seed. That whole thing was a seed. And seeds don't grow unless they die. Right? And so Philip had this work going that he had to just leave. I'm like, what? This is my legacy, God. What? What? He said, you have to leave that thing. The seed has to go into the ground and die. So next he got another shot with this Ethiopian. And now he's with this bigwig that he could have treated just like Simon. This is my new prize catch. He didn't treat him like that, though. He walked him through the Scriptures. He walked him through. Uh, Chris Volatin likes to say, Be between the promise and the penthouse is the process. 
right? And so he had to go down this desert road, which talks about our process, where it seems like nothing is happening, but God is preparing us, right? Does this make sense? And so we look in uh, Acts 8.40, the Bible says, but Philip found himself at, at, a, at a place I can't pronounce, and as he passed through, okay, before I get there, hold on. So the Ethiopian, he, he preaches the Ethiopian, he talks about the scriptures, he, he walks him through it, and he says, what, what keeps me from getting baptized? And then Philip asks him again, do you, do you believe this stuff? Do you believe this stuff? He, he questions him. He makes sure he's a, he's, a, he, he's a convert before he water baptizes him. And he followed Jesus. He stuck with Jesus. And he learned from that first failure. And the Bible says here in this scripture, 840, he found himself. He was caught, caught up. You remember, he, got, he, got, he baptized him. He got caught up. And he found himself at this place. And he passed through. And he kept preaching the gospel to all the cities until he came to Caesarea. Now to me, if you're a revivalist, preaching in all the cities sounds like a pretty good gig. Amen? That's, I mean, I would like to preach in all, I'd like to say, Jesus said, you're going to go to Jacksonville, and I preach in all the cities between here and Jacksonville. That'd be pretty cool, right? But he was faithful to the process. He didn't just allow the big shot thing and the failure to kill him. And he actually allowed that season to prepare his heart to be a process of preparing to carry the glory. You, 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 you got to, you know, the sooner you figure out that this life is not going to work out the way you thought it was going to work out, the sooner you'll come into peace. Amen. Like, like this thing is not going to happen the way you thought it was going to happen. You had a dream early in your walk or early in your life, and then you just like, it's not happening. Hey, it's not going to happen that way. Right? And the sooner you die to that, like, oh, oh guess that wasn't just an idea. God has his own idea. The sooner you figure that out, the sooner you get to have peace in the process. Right? And as you have peace in the process, you can fellowship with Jesus on the journey. It's not all about getting in the penthouse. It's about, I'm with Jesus on the journey. And when you love Jesus on the journey, you'll love him so much in the journey, you don't care. At one point, all you cared about was the call. I want to be doing that thing at the pinnacle, the vision that God gave me. I want to be the guy. I want to be up there. And, and, and then he doesn't, you get a taste of it and he takes you away from it. And then all of a sudden you find yourself away just walking in the desert. And the sooner that you love Jesus, at one point it was all about the destination. And then if you walk with Jesus, the journey will become so sweet you don't care about the destination anymore. And that's when you're actually ready. That's when you're ready. I used to cry out for certain things and now I thank Jesus that he didn't give me. Oh my God, that would have destroyed me. I would have thought that was me. I was in a, um, a youth ministry and we just had revival. It was just amazing. It was signs and wonders and kids were getting bust in and every week we were seeing people get anointed. It was amazing. And one time we had a guest band come and they were playing and all kind of just bedlam was happening. Good bedlam, right? And the band looked all happy and excited. And I said, said to myself, I bet they think that they caused this. And Jesus said, I bet you think you caused this. <laughs> Hello. Hello. <clears throat> Amen? So we read in 2 Kings 13. I'm, I'm progressing through my message series here. So we read in um, 2 Kings 13 about Elijah and Elisha. Now early when we got married, I told my wife that it was actually Elisha because that's how it was easy for me to remember the two. And she says, it's not Elisha, it's Elisha. And so for like the next six years, I always said Elisha. You know, just because 
my wife told me that's not what it was. And then I just repented and I call him Elisha or Elisha again. So we see Elijah and Elisha, right? So we have Elijah and Elisha. And, and, and if you've ever been to a, a, a charismatic conference, you've heard about the double person anointing. Um, that, that Elijah had promised to Elisha, are you following me? Is this good? I'm telling you, it's about to get good. Now, now prepare yourself for it to get good. We're, we're doing something here. Ha. Huh. Ha. Huh. Okay. Ah. Uh. And so we have conferences crying out for what the Old Covenant gave. I don't want what the Old Covenant gave. I have better than the Old Covenant. We're promised so much better. But if you remember in 2 Kings 13, Elijah told Elisha, if you're there when I'm caught up, you can have my, my, my mantle. You can get the double portion, so to speak. And so you remember the chariot came and caught him up and he threw his cloak and there's 50 dum-dums on the other side of the river that didn't run for the cloak. I don't know about you, but I'm getting that cloak. I'd be swinging one of them jawbones they had back in the day because them jawbones could do some damage in the old covenant. <laughs> Bump a gun. I got a jawbone. I'm taking a whole armies with it, right? I don't know what was going on with them teeth coming out the jawbone, but they were taking some folks out, right? But Elisha don't have a chance for that cloak if it's me, right? <clears throat> and he go gets it, and he gets this double portion, and oh, so many believers are like, I want a double portion, I'm crying out for a double portion. Like, all of God's fullness living in you isn't enough. <laughs> I need two gods, and that's what they get, right? But, um, <clears throat> okay, so put up my first little graphic there. Do you have it? Yeah? Yeah, okay. So we've heard about, if you've ever been in a church, anything, we've seen the pyramid, right? Why did I use one with the green on top? Because um, I don't have that great a graphics department, and that's what I found on Google, okay? Um, don't mind the watermark still on the picture, all right? I promise you I'm going to buy this at some point. <clears throat> and so people come into the church, and it's like, you know, if, if you're like me, you want to be somebody, but you don't know how, and then the church is a way to be, you know, you think it's going to be, you're going to be somebody, you know? And so you see yourself as the green guy on top of all these other people that, no, I'm totally going to bless them while standing on top of them, right? I'm totally going to, it's totally for these other people that I'm going to climb on top of them, right? Like I need this anointing because I'm just going to bless the mess out of these people that I'm going to climb on top of to get to the penthouse, right? Like, and then, so we heard so much, you know, we, we, we've heard a lot about this. And uh, then we start getting corrected. We start getting some new teachings, right? And so like out of Ephesians 2, he says, you're no longer strangers and aliens, but you're fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the chief cornerstone. You know these scriptures. In whom the whole building being fitted together is growing into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together. Okay, so, so we're all being knit together into a building, right? And so someone got the idea that the kingdom, it's an upside-down kingdom, we're now told. So the top is the bottom, and the bottom is the top. So they say it should be like that. That's really it. The only problem is pyramids don't work like that. All right, those fall down. The greatest among you will be the least, and the least will be the bottom. So the pyramid, and, and uh, you know, so am I in the top, or am I in the bottom? And if I'm on the bottom, does that mean now I'm on the top? Or is the bottom, like, where am I? What, I don't what is this pyramid supposed to be teaching me? I don't get it anymore, right? Right? And, and the pyramid's interesting to talk about many of this, but I'm not going to go there. So, so, so let's flip it back to our original here if you go to the three. Okay, so let's look at this pyramid right now. And, um, and so where, where, where am I at in this pyramid right now, right? So I'm leading this meeting, uh, right? And, but, you know, maybe I have a foundational call because I'm, I'm, I started a church and I'm leading it, right? So, so where am I 
on, on the pyramid. Well, 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 you could say I'm on top of the pyramid, you know, or you could say I'm on the bottom, right? Because I, I disciple people in the Lord, and uh, I want to be, I want my teaching to be a foundation of their faith, right? I want them to be built upon the apostles and prophets, and you know, I have a church, so clearly I'm an apostle or prophet, right? And so, <clears throat> um, that's a joke. Uh, um, and so I must be at the bottom. I'm a foundation, but you don't. You see the guy on top. Here's what I think. There's no one place you're going to be at on this pyramid. There's no one place you're going to be at on this period, right? We stand at different places on the pyramid based on the season we're in, right? I, I want you. To, I want you to hear that. I'm at the bottom, partially because I, I'm, I'm I'm equipping you right now by by Holy Spirit is communicating a message. You know, I'm speaking words, but. That going through the, through the air as a sound wave is a, is a physical thing, but Holy Spirit is doing something in your brain, in your heart while I'm talking. So these are foundational. So I'm, I'm kind of at the bottom uh, equipping you for what Christ, that this could be a foundation for a new season in your life, but at the same time, I'm, I'm at the top, and I really want you to hear this. I'm at the top not because I'm above you because I'm on a platform and I'm teaching you, but I'm on top because I'm building this upon what other people have already done. I'm not discarding everybody else's teaching for my new revelation. I'm building this on one of those blocks is the Word of God. One of those blocks are people who poured into me. Some of those blocks are people who don't even know that they've affected my life. Some of those blocks are, are, are men who, who pressed in for the Pentecostal outpouring in the early 1900s and they found a way to, to touch God and pour the Spirit out. And I read their books and that becomes part of who I am. And I'm standing on that revelation today. I'm not here because I, I got touched by God and I'm amazing. This is built, this church is built upon what other people have done. It's not just built upon us. And, and as I'm looking, you know, people say, hey, well, what's your statement of faith? And when you see, you know, every church's statement of faith is the same. And they're all completely different. I'm just like, as a church, I'm praying, and I shouldn't talk about this yet probably, but I'm, I'm, I'm honestly, my, my statement of faith is, is, the, is, 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 is the Apostles' Creed. It's pretty simple, but it's comprehensive. Well, yeah, I believe that Jesus is this, and I believe that God is that, and the Holy Spirit does that, and I believe in salvation and the baptism. That, I mean, and, and we're building upon, we don't need a new statement of faith every three years. The Bible has not changed. God has not changed. And we want to be on the cutting edge, and you know, today's, I like to say, today's revelation, this new revelation is old heresy. You know, like this, this cutting edge thing we're coming into. No, they've disproved that in the 1500s, actually. That's a, that's a, that's a, a bucket of demons, right? And so where, where we're at, if you keep that pyramid up for me just for one more moment, where I'm at is it, I'm building on something, and I want, I, want you to, I want you to think of each of these things being, and it's not this way, obviously, but each one of these is a portion. Each level is a portion. Do you want a double portion anointing? Does anybody in here want a double of what you have? I do. Does anybody here want a double portion of the anointing that's on your life right now? Would you like a double of the anointing, a double of the, of the revelation, a double of the power, a double of the authority? Anybody in here? Is anybody hungry? I only want to talk to those who are really hungry this morning, this evening. Listen, if you want a double portion, here's how you do it. You get under somebody who's anointed. Amen. It's not that complicated. Watch this. When people join this house, they instantly start walking in the gift and power of this house. People join, they get saved. They join and instantly they start prophesying. They start giving, laying hands on people and they have visions. All of a sudden, they get what they come under. So as you build your ministry on the revelation of others, you not only go, well, as you get under those people, you get to build yours on top of them so you get what they had plus what you have. 
You literally get the double portion as you build your life on truths that other real apostles and prophets have strived and have gone into the secret place to cry out and have fasted and prayed and worked out and the Holy Spirit gave them revelation. As you get your life under that, all of a sudden you get to just receive it and you build on top of this other revelation. All of a sudden, God adds to you what these other people had to work really hard for. And you just get it. You're under them, but now you're building on top of them. So I stand up here, not just, you know, I didn't invent the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I didn't cry out for 40 years for it. I, I'm not the first person I ever saw heal the sick. I'm not, I, I, I didn't write the Bible. I, I'm, I'm, I just got under these people's revelation. I got under their teaching. I, I submitted myself to some people who actually had character and would disciple me and pour into me. Some of them don't even know my name. But as I build my life on their holiness and revelation, their, their, their revelation of God's holiness, and their you understand what I'm saying, as I build my life on these truths, all of a sudden I get what's on their life into my life plus what God has called me to on top of it. That is the New Testament double portion, which is way more than double. It's way more than double. Way more than double. We take teams on the mission field every summer. Didn't do it this summer. Forgive me, Jesus. We take teams on the mission field for one purpose. That's to get them activated in healing. We say, we just get, if I get you in a foreign country for five days, you're going to come back healing the sick. They don't have to do a Bible study on it. They don't have to figure out if it's God's will. They just get with us and they get it. They automatically get what's on our life into their life. Double portion. Are, are you with me? Are you with me? I don't stand up here on my own. And I don't stand up here to tell you to be like me. I, I, I come up here to tell you this is the new covenant anointing. And you get it by preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let me get the band to come up. You get it by preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Laying your life down to what you wanted and allowing God to complete His perfect work in you. Does that make sense? Is this making sense to anybody? And I just believe today, I just believe that God wants to just Huh. I believe that God today really just wants to wreck some lives. I want to do, I'm a vessel. I want to do, I'm a vessel. I'll help you with the discussion up there. And that's the T. <laughs> Hallelujah. Holy Spirit. Shakaba. Ha. Ha. I like when we have smaller crowds because we have to pray for everybody. I'm believing for an impartation on every person who wants it tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's just begin to pray if we would. And I want you. I want you to just sign up for God's death plan. Just die to my dreams. I die to what I think I deserve. Die to my rights. Die to the fame. Die to the fortune. Die to being above. Happy being below. Serving. Just serving. Father, I pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that we, as a church, can return to a Sermon on the Mount lifestyle, Lord. Starting with me, Lord. That... that we would not live to avoid conflict. 
We wouldn't live to make things easier. I'm not telling you to sign up for poverty or pain or anything. I'm telling you to sign up for Jesus. I visit missionaries and I encourage them not to want to be broke. And I always tell them, unless God's called you to be broke. Better be broke with Jesus than rich on your own. I'm now going to pray. When I pray, the Holy Spirit is going to roll into this room. He's going to begin touching hearts. And I need you to just decide before that happens what you're going to do. I need you to make a sober decision right now. I don't want it to be emotionalism. I want you to make a sober decision. When Jesus comes and touches me, am I going to give Him everything or no? That thing you're hiding in the closet? That favorite treasure? That dream? That trophy? Your awesome convert that you're ready to get famous off of? I want you to make that decision before it rolls in the room. This song was written in this house, and we're, we're really trying to live it. If you fill me, I'll give it away. I'll but we keep praying it. There is freedom in the surrender tonight. can't blackmail you and bind you in fear of failure if success isn't an idol. As long as fame and fortune and success is an idol, the, the enemy can blackmail you on the fear of failure. But once you give your reputation to him, it doesn't matter. I know that, that preach is good. It's hard to live, though, day by day. I get that. I get that. I'm not ignorant of that. I live in Boca. I understand. But it's easy to point at them and say it's hard for us. Easy to live poor if everybody's poor. It's hard if you're rich. That doesn't even make sense to say it out loud. going to lay hands and God is going to rock it. I just want there to be a nice, clean vessel to fill. I am a vessel I lay down my life to find it lay down at your feet Spirit of God, breathe on it I am a vessel 
Come on, just make, 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 just decide right now. And you can even ask them, any idols in my life, Lord? Any idols in my life, Lord? Hold on one second, singers. I have found, and I preach this and I really believe it, the anointing is the easy part. It's really not hard. God will anoint anybody who gets involved in his business. You want the anointing? He'll anoint you. That's not the hard part. The hard part is having a vessel that can actually carry it. The hard part is not letting it get to you. The hard part is not making an idol out of the anointing itself. The hard part is not is looking at the anointing and say it doesn't actually change my value. Does this make sense? The hard part is is getting an anointing to 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 to, to raise the dead and, and and thinking that you're no better than people who don't raise the dead. That is the hard part. The hard part, if you haven't given everything to Jesus, when you get the anointing, it won't be Jesus' anointing anymore. It'll be yours, and that will not be a good thing. I'm, 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 here, to, I'm here to help. I really am. I'm here to help. I want fruit that remains. Come on. I want, I, want, I want fruit that remains, that brings glory to Jesus. I feel the anointing rolling in in a very strong way right now. And I want you to, mm, I, I'm, mm, come on. I just ask him, what am I hiding? What have I hidden from you, Jesus? When I lay my hand out and I say, you can have whatever you want, what am I holding behind my back? What am I holding behind my back? Right? This isn't a rebuke. This is an encouragement right now. Partially that, you know, Jesus sees that. Oh, my hand is on fire. If you fill me, I'll give it away. I'll pour out my life like an Say, Lord, if you anoint me, I'll, I'll, I'll take the nations, I'll give it. But you haven't given what you have already. It'll just be another thing that you hold on tightly. You gotta give it away. Come on, sing it again. Sing it till you believe it. If you feel me, who believes that tonight? In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I'm asking you right now to send revelation. Father, send power. Send breakthrough, Jesus. Send the spirit of revival right now, Lord Jesus. I ask that you would pour out your Holy Spirit in here. Ha! Right now in sanctification, in preparation, in anointing. Right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That you would rain fire in this room right now. That you would purify the offering. And you would consume the offering. Jesus, right now, the fire of God, 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 burning, 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 consuming the fire, consuming the fire. Come on, sing it. Come on, 
need the anointing, I want you to come right now. I want you to come right now hungry. I want you to come hungry right now to the front and cry out. I want you to cry out to God right now. Do not wait. Do not wait. Do not wait. He wants to anoint right now. Come, 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 come. You need to cry out. Come to the altar all the way forward. And you need to cry out to God. You need to cry out to God. You need to cry out to God that you need him. He wants to fill vessels tonight. You need to be hungry. Come all the way forward and begin to cry out. Come forward. There's lots of room. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come forward. Lots of room. Lots of room. Lots of room. Oh, 
our lives away to you tonight, Jesus. We give our... Oh, mm. We give our lives away to you tonight, Jesus. It's all yours, Lord. It's all yours, Jesus. You are the pearl of great price. You are the pearl of great price. Lord, we laid down our reputation. Just give away how people look at us. Give it to you, Lord. Lord is the one beautiful one. surrender it all, Jesus. We so want you tonight. We so want you tonight, Jesus. We want the real. We want the real. We die to all the plans for the penthouse that we made. Lord, we want the street level gospel. We want to build a big house that we can invite other people into the presence. We don't want, we don't, we don't look for the penthouse tonight. We don't look for the penthouse, Jesus. We want to build a big house of presence where other people can enjoy your presence. We lay down our lives, Jesus. Come anoint them. And I just feel right now that. There's people who are called to the mission field. Could be Africa and it could be Detroit. But you're called to actually get up and leave where you live for the sake of the gospel. And it could be tomorrow and it could be in 10 years. I don't know. Only Jesus knows what the process looks like. But he's looking for some people. Now listen, not your idea. We don't need missionaries where it was your idea. But right now, Jesus is calling some people. And he's looking for a response. And I'm not going to look at you. Josh may look and he may already see, but I don't know. But whoa! But you need to just cry out to God for his presence on your life and his touch. Continue to cry out for his presence and his touch. Shekhan did it, did it, but he's calling some people right now to remember the promise you made to him before you had stuff too nice to give away. Might be calling you to Denmark, might be calling you to Delray.
folks. Let them talk to you right now. This is he's calling, I'm saying, not not just decisions, just living in an ugly neighborhood to make the neighborhood beautiful. He's calling you to an ugly neighborhood like Levin. just want you, Jesus.
just feel like the Lord wants to speak a word over this house and there's something I believe the Lord is wanting to do here in revival life and that is raise up church planters 
And I feel like just to prophesy this over your pastors, because as the leaders of this house and as the heads of this ministry, that I just want to prophesy and declare this over them, but this is for everyone that's a part of this household. I know there are probably people from other churches, and that's all right. You can receive this too. But I feel like specifically for this household, that God is pleased with what he sees in this house. And he's pleased with what has been what has been developed here. And he's pleased with how you've consecrated yourself. He's pleased with the holiness in this place. He's pleased with the hunger in this place. And I feel like the Lord is saying he's going to begin to, out of this place to send out sons and daughters. Send out sons and daughters for church planting. And I just prophesy this over both of you, over you, Carl and Tracy, that as you send out and raise up leaders, I see you guys planting churches all throughout southern Florida. And I see God just beginning to move and do something powerful. And it's been something that's been a desire on your heart for many years. And there's been it's been a talk, it's been a desire. But I feel like the Lord is saying that it's about it's coming very close to the season of birthing something new. That it, it before it would have been premature. And in the past, there have been people you were looking at and you are going, man, they could plant a church. They're almost ready. But the Lord was saying it was premature. It wasn't the right season. It wasn't the right time. But I feel like the Lord is saying there's coming very soon a time where it will be exactly in the right season. It's like when a birth happens in the natural hey, it needs to happen in exactly the right season, exactly the right time. Too early and the baby's not healthy. Too late and the mother's not healthy. And I feel like the Lord is saying that the Lord will begin to speak and say now over certain ones. And it will be one of those things. It won't be where they come and they say, oh, we're called to plant a church and you don't feel peace, but they do. And it will lead to conflict. No, I feel like the Lord is saying that there's going to be such a unity and the unity in the sending and in the planting, a unity in those who feel called and those who recognize the calling on their life and I see very soon you laying hands on people and sending them out hey to birth new churches to birth new works and birth new moves of God in different parts of southern Florida and beyond and I don't say this just to puff up anyone's ego but I feel like the Lord is saying that out of this place there will be birth many many more churches many more churches that this will function as an Antioch center that revival life will function as an Antioch center for this region. And I see God birthing out new churches, holy, and new Antioch centers being birthed out of here. And people tracing their roots back to here and saying, I was radically impacted by God and I carried it to another place. I carried it to another area. And the Lord says over you that because you first sought to become sons, the Lord will make you follow fathers to many, fathers and mothers to many. And I release that fire in everything that we've in our ministry carries in terms of church planting God. Would you just release that over them in Jesus' name? Everything that they need for church planting God in the United States, everything they need, Father, anything we carry, any grace we carry, God, would you pour that out over them? as they're birthing something new, as they're birthing something new in this region. In the name of Jesus, birth something new through them. Birth revival here. Birth revival. And I hear the Lord saying that he is expanding your vision. Hey, I hear the Lord saying over this house, I am expanding your vision. And I hear the Lord saying at times, your vision did not grow because it was too small. And the Lord says, allow me to bring my vision in. Allow me to expand your vision because I want to give you vision beyond what you've imagined. I want to give you vision for the nations. I want to give you vision. Hey, hey, vision to reach the lost.
cross on a scale you've never seen before. In the name of Jesus. And that God is going to raise up in this place many people that will go to the darkest corners of the world. In the name of Jesus. That even in the children's department right now, there are those who will go to the nations. There are those who will go to the Middle East. There are those who will go to China. There are those who will go to Asia to carry the gospel. We bless this family. We bless this ministry. And we bless those who are called to plant churches out of here. In the mighty name of Jesus. open pretty much as long as you want to receive we really could use some people to stick around after to put the place back together run a vacuum but we really want you to receive tonight ushers and 
worship team if you haven't received prayer or now make sure you get some